morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you today. We want you to join with us in worship. God's promises are good now and forevermore. Amen. Come on, let's worship Him. I give you glory for all you've brought me through.
Let him know just how much we love and adore him. Because God's promises are eternal. And on this morning, we can say, if God made us a promise, we know he won't stop. He know, we know through faith that what God promises, we will receive. Amen. Today, our scripture is found in the 27th chapter of Psalm. And it reads, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing that I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. The word of God for God's people. Before we pray, I just want to share one thing with you. For the first time ever, I saw a fortress. And one thing that amazed me about the fortress is that the doors of the fortress were four feet thick with concrete. And I learned that when building this fortress, when enemies tried to attack it, they couldn't even get through. So when you look at the word of God that says God is better than a fortress, we can know with a surety that if we reside in God, he will protect us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to get up, to come out, to worship you, to praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for all gifts, great and small, that you have given us. And we thank you for loving us so much that you secured our positions through eternity. So right now, Lord, we turn to you in worship and adoration. We love you, Lord. We are going to sing songs to you. We're reading your word because we do know that your word is a perfect guide for living a holy life. It is the guide that has the ability to transform lives. And we thank you for that. So, Father, as we worship you, we just want you to know that we love you and we adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family, I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Divorce is a difficult place to navigate, and too often people try to make it through on their own. This month we are beginning a new life group in connection with the Ministry of Divorce Care. This is a 13-week video-based series that offers support, comfort, and hope to those walking through the pain. The group will meet at the Bear Campus on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. beginning on September 21st and running through December 7th and will be facilitated by Reverend Dorothy Dan. You can find registration information by visiting our website and clicking on Life Groups. Because our hospitality training event originally scheduled for September 1st had to be canceled due to weather, 
We rescheduled that training for Wednesday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. If you would like to serve in hospitality in any way, we encourage you to come to this night of vision casting, training, and fellowship. Even if you've served before, we would love to see you there. If you've been considering becoming a member of CTC at either campus, the next membership class will be on Sunday, September 26th at 4 p.m. at the Bear Campus. You can call the church office if you would like to attend. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I feel for all of you who aren't morning people. I'm not a morning person, so I'm kind of tired right now. You're doing great. You're doing great. Awesome. So my family understands the struggle, especially... Um, my sister, she was the only one who could understand me in the morning, so thanks for that, Rach, because everyone else didn't understand me when I was trying to talk, because <laughs> I couldn't talk. <laughs> so again, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service today. Um, so if you are new here, again, welcome. So if you're in with us in the sanctuary, before you leave, and if you turn to the left, you will see the Welcome Center, where you will receive the free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral um, staff. And then also it's a chance to, you know, get to know everyone and talk to one another. And if you are online and you're new, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that popped up in the chat. Um, and before I forget, the Connect card. Pastor Rogers, yes. you have a Connect card? Yeah. Oh, connect card right in so the if envelopes. you could fill out your name on the Connect card so we know that you were here, we would love that. And also if you do have a prayer request, um, you can write that there too because we're always praying for you. And don't forget to drop it off at the basket. I forgot to do that last night, so I had to do it this morning. So I brought it home with me. Um, and also for those of you online, there is a Connect Card button at the top that you can click, or again, easier access, you can click the one that popped up in the chat. Yes, now, thank you, Rebecca. I just I'm want to mention order. one more uh, w- one more event coming up, and that's next week. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, and that is our community day. So I want to just make a plug. What your job is, even online, is to invite somebody to come to our community day. We're going to have worship at 9 o'clock, as we normally do. But then at 10.30, our community day will begin, and we'll have food trucks, we'll have bounce houses, we'll have carnival games, uh, another car show. Uh, So come and bring the family and just spend some good time together, and uh, it'll be a great time. If you're a regular attender here, we want you to, to do two things. As I already said, invite somebody to come. And secondly, we still could use your help. A lot of people have signed up, and that's great. That's wonderful. All, the, all those opportunities that we have to serve others are opportunities for us to share the good news and the love of Jesus Christ uh, to, to anybody who shows up, and that's a, that's a great thing. So remember, uh, next week is our community day, and it'll be a great day. We, uh, Rebecca already mentioned the, the uh, offering and the, the baskets that are by the door and online giving. 
We want to practice always here at Christ the Cornerstone generosity. And so we have principles that we follow. And today we're looking at principle number eight. It's a great big long paragraph, so it'll take us a while to read through it. But would you read this with me, please? Three words. We give generously. (laughs) That's all we got. But that's a great principle to follow. Just give generously. Whatever it is, your skill, your talent, uh, your passions, uh, and, and the belongings that you, that you have. Share them with others as you, uh, and they will experience God's love through you. There's a scripture that goes along with this, so let's read that together too, please. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Let's live that together as we follow Christ. Let's continue to worship our Lord this morning. I invite you to stand with me as you are able. And uh, let me offer this prayer before the team comes back and leads us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for coming and being present with us. Your Holy Spirit is here. And we ask you simply to come and inhabit the praises of your people. Fill our hearts with peace and comfort and courage that comes only from you. And then, Lord, if... When the service is over, you will send us out, still with your same Holy Spirit, to guide us, to teach us, to strengthen us as we go. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
into this place, into this room, but also into this temple that you have created as a dwelling place for your spirit. Lord, our world needs you. We need you. We can look around our world and know and understand that we need you like never before. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to move among us. Revive us. Wake us up to be the people that you want us to be. And Lord, we pray today that you would meet us in this place at the point of our need as we lay the menu.
not to be shy about coming before the throne of grace, but to come boldly. So, Lord, that's what we do today. Asking for ourselves, for our families, for our nation, for our world, for people who don't know you. Lord, we think about those who are remembering, Lord, either firsthand because of a relative or maybe they survived September 11, 2001. Lord, we pray that as as folks remember that day in whatever way, that your comfort would rest on them today. Lord, you would call us as a nation back to you. Your word says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And also if my people who are called by my name. We sang that a few minutes ago. Lord, we want that fresh wind. We're not asking for necessarily for somebody who's far off, who's outside the family of God. Yes, we do want those people to know you. But Lord, we want you to pour into us a fire that makes people want to know what's going on. So, Lord, we pray that you would move among us. We thank you for that. God, as we continue in the service today, we ask for our guest speaker that you would bring your anointing on her. Open our hearts as we receive from you. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping you. You can be seated. Amen. Wonderful singing time. Wonderful prayer time. And uh, great to hear you all singing and uh, being part of uh, part of that worship. God is here with us. And the question that we ask God uh, to come, the answer is always yes. Will you meet me here again? Yes, he always does. And that's so comforting. And it's just not on Sundays that God will meet you here again. It's, it's every day. Uh, we're going to change things up a little bit from our normal uh, order of things. We have, uh, as, as Pastor Bill mentioned, uh, a guest coming and to bring a message to us. But I just want to remind us of, of three words that we at Christ the Cornerstone use to um, talk about the way that we walk in the faith as brothers and sisters in Christ. And this really isn't anything new. These are ancient traditions that people who've been following Jesus have been doing these three things uh, all the time. And uh, so we just, you know, there are times in life when we just need to make things simple enough that it's easy to understand, right? So we've kind of made them simple here at Christ the Cornerstone and following Jesus by loving, serving, and engaging. And by loving, we mean we have to love God and we have to experience God's love in our lives and we have to love other people. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbors as yourself. That's the instruction that he gave to us. And Jesus has given all of us gifts and abilities and talents and skills. And I was thinking this morning of some of the talents and skills that many of you are using to just help us uh, gather together. And I was thinking of our bass player, uh, Weldon. He, he didn't know how to play bass a year ago. And uh, something about him said, I want to learn how to play bass. So he went to Pastor Bill, and here's, here's Weldon up here 
Playing bass. I couldn't do that. And I envy people who can pick up a guitar and just start doing it and have the confidence to stand up here and lead us in worship. Just be, He didn't do it a year ago, but he wanted to do it. And so he's giving himself in service to God. God wants us to do that. But not just to serve God here in the church, but to serve outside the church. There are many things that all of us can do. And every day God is giving us places to serve, whether it's in our family, at school, in our workplaces. And the third thing is, is we talk about engaging. And it's not mean that we're getting asking somebody to marry us. It means that engaging like like gears on a car. Now most of us have automatic transmissions, and so we don't understand. We don't know what happens. We just push the gas pedal, and it keeps engaging in different gears. And that's what we want to do. We want to get it in gear with what God has asked us to do. And we can't we can't just think about what God's asking us to do. We need to get it in gear and go do it. And so when we talk about engaging, it means obeying what God is asking us to do, getting out there and actually doing it, engaging people with God's love. We engage with one another and care for one another as Jesus teaches us to care. Well, in the message today, we're going to focus on opportunities for serving. And I'm going to uh, and we're going to have our, our speaker share some of that with us. But before we get to that, I wanted to read I want to read you a story that uh, it's called The Voice. And I have permission, I got permission from the author to copy these pictures and put them on the screen. So as I read the story, you can follow along. And it's called, it's called The Voice. And if we go to, the, go to the page, I don't know who's back there. Go to the page that's got the scripture verse on it. Um, we can see that. Are we getting it? There we go. The Voice. Next page. Watch Pastor Bill. Go ahead. Next page. Next page. There we are. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Follow me, said the voice. Huh? I love the illustrations. Follow me said the voice. I did not want to listen. I love you, said the voice. Hmm. Yeah, you notice how I have to give sound to the expressions of the guy in the boat. (laughs) The voice, whoever it was, was very intrusive. So I said, go away, I'm fishing. Shuffle, shuffle. I could feel the voice watching me. Ah. I know. Got to pause on the pictures. (laughs) Eventually, I caught a fish. And I was feeling very proud of myself. Munch, munch, munch. You're welcome, said the voice. Leave me alone, I replied. Munch, munch, munch. The voice was silent, but it didn't go away. I lay back to take a nap. But then quite unexpectedly, my boat sprung a leak. Hmm, scratch, scratch. I found the hole and plugged it with one of my toes. 
the voice was putting holes in my boat. That's what that sounds like, skull and crossbones. I yelled to the voice, Voice! I do not appreciate you! Stop behaving badly, said the voice, and just follow me. The voice let out a long sigh. And my boat began to leak again. At first, I refused to plug that hole. I thought, I'll show that voice how tough I am. I'll just go ahead and drown. Then I got scared. I didn't really want to drown. It took my whole leg to plug that hole. I could feel the fish tickling my foot in the water below. This is my favorite picture. Do you see the little fish sucking on his toe? That's just hysterical. All right, next page. Stupid fish, I thought. Everybody was picking on me. I wanted to go home. But now I couldn't reach my oars. I was stuck. And I began to cry. Follow me, said the voice. What? Why don't you leave me alone, I asked. I was feeling very sorry for myself. I already told you I love you, said the voice. Follow me. I can't. If I move, my boat will sink. Let it sink, said the voice. Let it sink, I asked. Don't you care about me? I'll drown. I'll become fish food. I can't swim. You won't have to swim. Just follow me, said the voice. I sat there wondering what to do. This seemed like an awfully dirty trick. How did I know I could trust the voice? But there seemed to be no other option. So I pulled my toe out of the first hole, and immediately water began filling the boat. Better pull your other leg out, too, recommended the voice, or the boat will drag you down with it. Gulp. So I did. The cold water rushed in as the boat sank. I called out, Help! Voice! Help me! Open your eyes, said the voice. (gasps) Now follow me said the voice. So I did. The end. Aww. We can follow Jesus. What Jesus asks us to do, He will help us do. We're going to have to give up the boat many times. I want to introduce Lori. Lori is the uh, uh, Director of Church Relations at a ministry in Wilmington that that Christ the Cornerstone uh, has supported for many years. Uh, by giving money, but I didn't know a lot about uh, about it uh, until a, a few weeks ago. The executive director, Rob Prestowitz, invited us on a uh, those people who were aware of Urban Promise on a tour, and so he drove us all around the city of Wilmington, showing us 
the ministries and the things that they did together. So she's going to talk about those ministries because there are places there that God is calling some of us to use our abilities and our skills and our passions to serve others so that others, as we talk about at Christ the Cornerstone, as we, so we can fulfill the mission that God has given us, we talk about it this way. We are here to love God so that all people, to, to love all people so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. She's going to talk about the word transformation as she talks to us. And that's what it means to be changed by the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. So this is what we do. And if God is calling you to do something, you need to act on it. And we need to act on those things. So here's Lori. I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you for being here. We look forward to hearing what you have to say to us today. Thank you. God bless you, Lord. Good morning. It's a real privilege to be here sharing with you about the ministry of Urban Promise. And I hope that as I talk about our programs a little bit, that my goal will be by the end of my sharing time that you will be encouraged that you will actually have tasted and seen how God is at work in the city of Wilmington. And perhaps you'll be inspired to join us, and maybe you'll hear Jesus calling you into the work that he's doing in the city. So I'm just going to open us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that you call us. And when you call us, you say that you will do it. You will equip us, and you will allow us to to follow you into places that um, sometimes seems scary. And so we just offer up this time. We offer up our hearts and our minds to you and just pray that it will be pleasing to you and that we will hear your call. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. So how many of you have heard of Urban Promise? Raise your hand. Okay, I see, I see some folks out there. Uh, that's great. So Urban Promise is in the city of Wilmington, but we are not the only Urban Promises. The original was in, is out of Camden, and it has been there for 33 years, and we've been in Wilmington for 23. And in a, in a normal year, is this a normal year? No, it is not a normal year, but in a normal year, we will serve between six and 700 children in the city of Wilmington. Now, how many of you work in the city and are familiar with the city? Okay, not so many hands, but I used to work in the city. I worked for DuPont for 10 years, and I'm a suburb girl. I would drive in through all that traffic, and I would do my job, and I would drive home again. And I never had an opportunity or a need, really, to drive into the neighborhoods. So when I first joined Urban Promise, I really wasn't sure at all what I was getting into. I wasn't familiar with our neighborhoods. I wasn't familiar with urban ministry. And so I had a lot to learn. And one of the first things I learned is that our families associate themselves geographically in the neighborhoods that they live in. And so there are the Eastsiders and the North Siders, and the West Siders, and the, no, Southbridge. Did I hear someone actually say Southbridge? I set you up for that. So we have four specific neighborhoods that we serve in the city, and one of the strengths of our programs is that we are physically located in the neighborhoods so kids can walk to us. 
And our camps, we have six camps, four are elementary age camps, and two are middle school camps. We typically partner with a church that is physically located in those four quadrants, and our kids can come to us. One of the real powerful aspects of our program is that most of our staff also live in the neighborhoods we serve. And that's very powerful because when our kids hear a shot at night, so do our staff. And they can speak into that. They're neighbors, and so they have dinners together, and they sit on the front porch together, and that's how we begin to build relationships, just like missionaries who go around the world. One of the first things they do before they actually spread the gospel is learn their neighbors, meet their neighbors, and start building relationships. So our programs are about building relationships with the families that we serve. So the very first program that we have that started us 23 years ago is our summer camps. And we consider the summer camps like this big funnel. We have between five and 600 kids that come to our six weeks of free summer camp. And I used to work in, in our vacation Bible school. I don't know if any of you have ever done vacation Bible school. But at our church, we would work really hard all year planning and preparing. And we'd decorate this, the church to look like a jungle or a mountaintop. And then we'd have the kids come in from 9 to noon. And we'd play games and teach Bible lessons. And then by Friday, we would go home exhausted. And when I think back and I compare um, what we do in the summers at Urban Promise, I think, I was such a wimp. We run from 9 to 3 for six weeks with 500 kids. And they are having a ball. And it is what plants the seed of relationships because that's how our families come to know and begin to trust us. And the next layer of program that we have is our teen job training program called Street Leaders. We are the largest employer of, street, of teens in the city of Wilmington. And so these street leaders help us in our camps. And their jobs really matter. If they don't show up for work, there's a problem. There's a failure in the camp. If we have a strong t- set of teens in the camp, we will have a strong camp. If we have a weak set of street leaders, no matter how good our adult staff is, the camp will be weak. And they take their job seriously, and they learn to become role models, whether they're in camp working with us or whether they are back home and they are just being a neighbor to the kids. And they take a lot of pride in that, and it builds their self-esteem. They learn to be servants because they've got to clean the bathrooms at the camp when the, when the day is done. And they clean up after lunch. And they learn to be leaders because they, they, we break the kids into small groups and they rotate through classes of Bible and recreation. And they are setting an example and they are implementing discipline. So if the kids are acting out or hitting somebody, they are learning how do I discipline in an appropriate, loving way. And they love the kids. So we do take people on tours to, if you ever want to come, just let me know. We take people on tours so that they can see this in action, and we often will talk to a street leader and say, you know, what does it feel like to work for Urban Promise? And they typically will say, I love it. Why do you love it? Because I love the kids in my neighborhood. 
and I want something good for them. And I can remember being one of the kids in camp and acting out. And now I feel like my parents, where I have to get them to stop behaving the way that I know I used to do. And so they they really get to a point in their life where they're starting to make really important choices. And in, in Wilmington, honestly, across our nation, the teen years are really challenging because there are so many negative choices that they can make. But in Wilmington and in large cities in particular, these choices are life and death choices. So our staff who live among them, who work with them, who train them and have them on their team, are simply living life with them and helping them to see opportunity, to have a vision for their life, to choose to walk in a godly way versus the dark ways that we know a lot of the kids can get into. And, and again, it's life and death choices that they're making. The, the third program is what's coming up now in another week. So our summer camps ended a couple of weeks ago, and next week our fall camps begin, and they are after-school programs. So again, we have our camp staff, and we have street leaders who will work with kids when they get out of school and come to camp. And we do homework and play games. And our staff love this time of year because the camps shrink. So this big funnel where we begin to build community shrinks down because a lot of the kids will stay after school for sports and other programs. But they, our, our director will go from about 85 kids in camp to about 35. And this is when they can really build relationships. And the programs themselves are good, the camps and the street leaders. But programs do not lead to transformation or changes in life. Relationships do. And so our staff work really hard to get to know the kids, to get to speak life to them, to get to show them opportunities to take them to the movies or we take kids on trips and we, we play together and we love and we have volunteers. So I'm going to be talking about volunteer opportunities in just a minute. We have volunteers who come alongside the kids and join us in our work and begin to tutor and mentor the kids in a way that lives are transformed and hearts are changed and things are different. Another area of programming that we have are schools. So we have an elementary school with about 80 kids in it. And we have a small, these are Christian schools, uh, a high school that have 40 kids in it. And in these schools, again, the, the teachers are like missionaries. They do life with the kids. They get to, they do, we do home visits for all of our kids and families. We get to know the parents. We partner with them. If you talk to some of the kids either in our schools or in our camps, they'll say, oh, Urban Promise is like my second family. We never replace the first family. We always want to partner with them to seek a full life for our kids and for everyone involved. So if you you were to hear the Urban Promise vision, we take it very seriously that we are this community in Christ of servant leaders and seeking transformation and full life. Jesus said, The enemy comes to steal and destroy, and we know that is true. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have full life and have it abundantly. So what does that look like for our kids? 
my kids were grew up in the suburbs. And the way our executive director that Pastor Roger was mentioning, um, the way he described it to me when I first started working there was that, you know, like my kids had this big pond of resources. If they wanted to practice an instrument, we could probably afford those lessons. And if they wanted to be in Boy Scouts, there was an opportunity to do that. And so there were just lots of people pouring into the life of my kids. And our kids often have smaller, more restricted um, opportunities. I was walking one of our little kindergartners to their classroom a few years back. Our, our Um, We have some of our classrooms are in exterior buildings. And so it was a beautiful day. It had been a really harsh winter, cold and freezing cold. It was one of the first day after the thaw when it's warm and you feel alive again. We were walking there, and I said, um, this is going to be such a fun day to play outside like my kids were going to do, right? And she she was just skipping along, kindergartner, totally oblivious. She says, oh, I can't play outside. I might get shot. It's a really different world that our kids grow up in, but does God have any less of a plan or good intentions for their life? No. And so he wants full life for our kids, and that's what we're there to offer. And that's what you can come alongside us and join us in doing. And that's why volunteers are so important, because our staff, we're, you know, missionaries and powerful, you know, equipped by God, but we need the body of Christ to come alongside us. In a normal year, and is this a normal year? (laughs) No, I will keep saying that, because it has impacted all of our programs. Um, But in a normal year, we have 250 volunteers on a weekly basis who come in and tutor and volunteer in our schools, in our camps, and with our street leaders and beyond. So we're going to take a look at some of the programs. Um, we, We get graduates. We get street leaders who've graduated high school and gone on to college and our high school students who've graduated and gone on, who come back regularly because they love us. And, they, and we ask, you know, what do you remember about Urban Promise? How did it impact you? And they never say the programs. They say pe- the people, their tutor, their mentor, their teacher. And so we have something we call relationship density. And so to the extent that kids are in these layers of programs, they were in camp or they were a street leader, and then they were in one of our schools, and then we have, a, um, we have some tangential programs. We have a sports program, um, a unique time to, to speak truth to the life of kids because they're very motivated by sports. We need coaches. And we have a trekkers program. It's an outdoor experiential learning program where they hike and they bike and they climb rock walls and they go kayaking and honestly I I shared this with the group last night um, a lot of our volunteers love trekkers and our and our kids hate it (laughs) because it's just so foreign you know they're they're used to noises the street noises at night and the city lights and they are not used to dark and crickets and so they're just way out of their comfort zone which is the perfect way really to um, break down barriers and to really be able to discuss the important things of life. So as our kids have grown up through these layers of program and layers of relationships, their their, um, trajectory for full life and success is far greater. 
And so it's a, it's a complicated series of programs, but it offers you a lot of opportunity to get involved. So I'm going to run through a couple of photos. Oh, there's the Trekkers program. Um, let's see, if you can back up to the one where there is a group of kids. It's the very first volunteer way to get connected photo. This one. All right. So I'm going to use this as an illustration. This is kids from our Camp Hope in Southbridge. And the woman in the kind of the top left is Emily, the camp director. She's awesome. The kids adore her. The parents adore her. She's, she's just a really great leader. And way back, there was a, a small group from a church who wanted to get involved with Urban Promise. And like other small groups, theirs had a goal of, you know, they met weekly. And so three times a month, we're going to study the Bible. And then one week, we're going to serve. But their problem, some of the barriers, that we're afraid to drive into the city of Wilmington. We're not familiar with it. And we'll be there at night because we all work and we get off in the dark. And we don't, um, we don't actually have a lot of time. Does that ring any bells? You know, are, we're all so busy. And they said, well, my kids might have something come up that I, I just can't come every month. And then the other concern they had was we don't even know what to do with, with urban youth. Like, why would we be doing this? How could we be helpful? Well, it, it worked out that somebody got a bright idea and said, why don't we meet at the church? Everybody get in my van and we'll drive in together and we'll be courageous. And so they did, and they weren't nervous. They, uh, they drove into, it was a pretty tough part of town, and, but they never had a problem and they never feared. And then they realized, hey, there's six of us. So if any one of us can't come, that's okay because we've still got another four or five who can cover. And why don't we start off playing chess and checkers? We'll bring cookies and juice boxes. What kids don't love that? And so it allowed them to get over those barriers, and then something interesting started to happen in their hearts, is that they fell in love with the kids. And the kids would miss them. So if one of them missed, which was okay, the kids the next month would remember and come running to them and give them a hug. Where were you? We missed you. And so the next year, they said, you know, we're going to start scheduling ourselves around camp night because it's become so important to us and so meaningful to me. And, so, and they talked to the director, Emily, and said, hey, could we do something radical here and play games other than chess and checkers? Could we teach them how to play other board games and teach them how to take turns and those kinds of things? And Emily said, that sounds great. And so they, the next year they had game night instead of chess and checkers night. And they became her go-to group. So if she wanted to have a party for the kids for Christmas, she'd say, do you guys mind buying ice cream for us? Oh, we can do that. We'll come. We'll serve it. And through that, she said, you know, we do a speech contest. Our kids have to compete in this. We need people who can partner with them and help them do research for their hero and write, them, write their speech and practice it. So they went through this whole process, very proud of their kids when they, had, when they competed, but afterwards, they met with Emily and said, while we were working with the kids, we realized they cannot read very well, and they could not write very well. Why have we been playing games with them for two years when they cannot read and write? And that's what Rob reminds me is seeking justice for the kids. It is not just for our kids to grow up 
not being confident readers and writers. And so they, they were being transformed, just like the kids are being transformed. That's our goal. But we want everyone involved to be transformed through this process, and this is through Christ. And so giving of your time, giving of their time, of our time, and our talents is sacrificial. But the sacrifice leads to this release of resurrection power when Christ is in it. And it leads to transformation for both the kids and for our our staff and for our volunteers. And I'm going to, let's go to the next one. I'm going to tell you a couple more uh, examples. Tutors. Okay, so in this picture, we had, tutors change lives. We have tutors in our academy. So if you are retired or you have free time during the day, you can volunteer with us in our elementary school or in our high school. We also have the openings in the camp time. So during the school year, camp time is from 3.30 to 6. And every camper, that's hundreds of kids, could use their own tutor to help them with their homework and their math facts and their reading flashcards. And then in the evening, the street leaders, there's a couple of kids there who are not only in our high school, but they're also street leaders. Every street leader has to come in each week for tutoring with their homework. So if you happen to work and you're available from 6.30 to 8, you can be a street leader tutor. And so one of those young women is one of our camp directors in middle school, and she had a student who was, they were all sitting in a circle reading scripture, and they were taking turns going around reading, and it came to her, and she paused, and then she ran out of the room crying. Turns out she could not read at all. She was a sixth grader being promoted into seventh grade. And so the camp director it broke her heart, and we did something we don't normally do in our school program. She was, she was able to talk the mom into seeing the value and the importance of her repeating sixth grade, coming into our elementary school, and learning to read. And that was a real challenge because as a teenager, it's embarrassing to have to repeat a grade and not be going with all your friends. But they understood that when we spoke with the mom We said, what do you want for her life? And she said, well, I'd like for her to grow up and to have a job that she enjoys and to have a home, maybe a car, maybe I could have a home that she buys me. And her goals and her vision for her child is just what, you know, I want for my kids, what we all want for our kids for a full life. And so a transition took place. And transformation took place. We had a volunteer who was a retired reading specialist, and she started working. She used to come in once a week. She started coming in every day because she loved this young lady. And they worked really hard. She could not – she started off in sixth grade, repeating sixth grade, not being able to read three-letter words. And she is in our high school now, and she currently is reading at an appropriate grade level for her and we celebrate God because she now has a vision for her life and she has hopes and dreams that we believe she will be able to fulfill and that is what what Christ wants for all of us let's go to the next one just a couple more 
meals. <laughs> I don't know if we've got cookers in the group, but the, uh, the academy provides um, lunch. This is Chick-fil-A, but we do have churches who cook. We have some that just send money. And so every day of the week, they get a hot lunch, which is, has transformed the high school when they started doing that. And next slide. Supplies. This, uh, this man and woman work for a um, chemical a supply company, and they had a batch of extra glass beakers and um, test tubes and that kind of thing, and they reached out to us. We've got all these supplies that we can't use. Can Urban Promise use it? It just so happened that God opened up that opportunity for us because we just finished um, renovating a brand new facility for our high school students and we had no supplies at all in the chemistry lab so now he has connected us with this chemical supply company and they're providing us all the supplies we need and so God just shows up in unusual ways we had no idea that they were going to give us a call and stock our whole chemistry lab next slide Okay, this man here is named Bob, and he is retired, and he still active, actively plays in a senior league, basketball and baseball. He's an amazing man. So he started volunteering with us as a coach, and he loved these kids. He loved coaching. He was having a ball, and after a year, one day he, they just needed him to drive some of the kids home, and he just started hearing their story and their hopes and their dreams, and um, drove in to and through the neighborhoods, and something just broke his heart. And he said, I've got to do more than just coach these kids. I want to start tutoring them. So he began tutoring in the high school. He was the most beloved tutor ever. The kids, he just attracted them like, like flies to honey. And then we had this project at our um, building. We had this old rundown building on Market Street, and we started renovating it. And he single-handedly pulled together a team of 45 men and women who were skilled volunteers who came sometimes on a daily basis to do the kinds of work that we could do on the building that we didn't have to have a licensed contractor. So you don't have to tutor kids to volunteer at Urban Promise. Um, lots of opportunities. This is a garden that they, um, a big garden project that they have done with some master gardeners from University of Delaware, and we got the kids involved and some of the neighbors involved, and he's got his team of 45 involved, and it's just a beautiful picture of the community of Christ coming together um, to seek transformation and full life together. So let's see, is there any more? Oh, we need an art volunteer if anyone out there is, a, is an art teacher or just loves art and loves kids. And I think this could be the end of, is there another slide? Oh, do you have a youth group? Do they like dodgeball? Once a year we have a dodgeball tournament. Not sure with COVID if we're going to be allowed to do it, but um, very youth group friendly. We have weekday um, work days on Saturday, so um, adults and youth are welcome to come and work with us and learn more about us and meet some of our kids. We do panel discussions with our teens, and they talk about what's it like to live in the city, what's it like to work at Urban Promise. And the next one, oh, we're family friendly. So this woman homeschooled her kids. There's five of them there, and once a week, for years and years and years, she brought all five of them. They played games in camp with our kids, and she tutored a child. Next slide. 
paddle for promise. Okay, so this is your challenge. In addition, I would love to have two new volunteers from Christ the Cornerstone from this for this fall. That's just my personal goal. And I'd like to have two canoes next July in our Paddle for Promise. We raised, um, this year, we had 106 paddlers from 24 different churches, and we raised $125,000 for our Street Leader program. And I tell you, it's a blast. You can see this, this team up there is um, a three-generation dad, granddad, and kids. So consider if God is calling you to serve and to be a part of that transformational community. Amen. Thank you very much, Lori. Let's express our thanks for her. Thank you. Thank you for having me. God's so good in uh, bringing change to our lives. And, And I love that scripture verse that she quoted, where the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life. And to give it abundantly. And that is exactly what we're about. So i got a couple questions as we, as we wrap up. And that is, uh, you know, what, what did she say that tugged at your heart, that grabbed you, that stuck with you? The thing that sticks with me is the, the, the phrase that she said, programs do not bring transformation. Relationships do. And that's exactly why God sent His Son into our world, into our lives. God did not send a program to us to follow. That was the law. God sent His Son, Jesus, into our lives to transform our lives. And God is sending us out into the world. So i got a couple more questions. So, um, what can you do this week? Remember that passion I just asked you? What grabbed you? What part of her... Her talk to us today said to you, wow, that's cool, that, that's, that's amazing. Ooh, I've done that, or I could do that, or ooh, that would be fun. What part, what gripped you? And what can you do this week to act on that passion, on that inspiration, on that movement? And then the other thing, she talked about barriers in those, uh, with, those, with some people. So what, what barrier would keep you from, do, from acting on that? And what can we do to help you get solve that barrier and get over that? I'm going to invite the, the praise team to come back as we, uh, as we continue to sing and worship. And this is a time for us to, to think and decide what God might be calling us to do. We hear that voice that God is calling to us. And uh, maybe we're the ones that are in need. And we just need to give that need over to Christ. And we need to say, God, this is the boat that I'm sitting in. And uh, I'm tired of sitting in this boat. It's a horrible boat. I want to get out. I feel like it's dragging me down. And I just need to follow you. Maybe you need to say that. Or maybe you hear God calling you to do something and you've kind of been reluctant and resisting God and you need to decide, all right, God, I'm going to act on this. I may not be able to do the whole thing today, but I'm going to take this one step. I'm going to do this one little act. What will that be? Let me invite you to stand together as we sing and as we pray the platform area is open. The people will be at the prayer stations to pray with you. You can send a message to somebody online and they'll be glad to pray with you. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the opportunity that you give to us. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, not to give us a program to follow, 
but a relationship. You, you, you gave us a person to change our lives. We need that. And you're calling us to be the body of Christ still in this world, this needy, needy world. It's confused. It's confusing. And you need your people to stand up and say, I'm going to follow Christ and bring transformation in my family, in my neighborhood, in my school, in my workplace. Jesus, teach me and show me what you want me to do. And I'll follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's the place where we want to be. Listening to the voice. Following Him. And we might not think we're good enough. But He is greater than anything. Amen. Let's worship Him again. And keeper of the day and the today that there's no guilt, no shame, no sin, no nothing. Nothing can separate us. No 
crazy day. Uh, a couple of things I forgot to do in the in the service this morning. One of them is speaking about serving others. Two of our young adults are leaving uh, this week to serve God and serve other people in Los Angeles. And that's Rebecca Simpson. She was the woman that greeted you this morning. And I uh, was supposed to pray with uh, her and Bryce Maynard, uh, another one of our younger adults. We were supposed to do that before I read the story. I totally forgot it. They had to go on to another church the group that they're going with. But I want us to pray for Rebecca and Bryce uh, and, and uh, 
ask God's blessing to be on them as they go. Would you join me in that? And then we'll be dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being greater than anything. You are the great I am. We ask you to pour your spirit, your power, your protection, your strength, your guidance upon Rebecca and Bryce and the whole team of people that go with them this week as they go to Los Angeles working with the Dream Center. Lord, they might be effective in also bringing transformation on the other side of this country. And Jesus, we ask you to bring your transformation among all, through all Christians, all believers, the body of Christ around this world. Empower us all, Jesus, as we go forth from this place to serve you. Thank you. In your precious and holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. God bless you. Have a great day.